Welcome to Susie Petrozzi's Empowered Conversations. With over 20 years of experience as a clinical psychologist, Susie is an expert at taking people on a journey of personal growth and self-discovery. Join Susie as she talks to remarkable people who share their insights and lessons for living a purpose-driven life to inspire you in your own journey. Welcome everyone. This is our first episode for 2022 and I've been reflecting back on time since lockdown and certainly there have been many, many changes for everyone, Um, for myself particularly. When I say particularly, well, I'm kind of at the forefront of working with people really closely. So hearing about these changes deeply for them gives me an insight into what's really going on for people and what's affecting people. And one of the big issues that's been coming up, particularly over the last two years, is how workplaces are changing, how that's impacting people, how leadership is changing. Of course, this is all in the background. Of course, there's, you know, depression, anxiety, stress, a lot of those things that people have to deal with. So it prompted me to think that um, I think it's really time for an empowered conversation about leadership, about teams, about teamwork employees' needs and to see how all of that's evolved. And so the person that came to mind when I thought about that was Carrie Miller. Carrie, welcome and thank you for agreeing to do this with me. Thanks, Susie. Looking forward to having a bit of a chat. (laughs) Yeah, well, why don't you, you know, typically I would introduce you, but why don't we kind of just dive into it? Tell me a little bit about yourself, what you do. I am a general manager at um, a company called Smarter Communities and look after both people, so people and culture, and also our back office operations, so business operations. And um, combined, um, we the, the business operations side has about 60-something staff and uh, people and culture team's got, uh, there's four of us. Company's got about 260 people uh, at the moment. So, mm. Yeah, and Kerry, you're you're very passionate about working with people. Mm. Yeah, tell me a bit more about that. So I've been in human resources now for probably close to thirty years, on and off in different roles in that time, and I think I fell into that because I do love people, and I think for me, when I look at at you know where, how you get the most out of anyone at work is you know to really care and look out for them um, and it is through that connection with people and understanding that we all have good days bad days but you know I think most organizations and particularly in the last couple of years have realized that um, you know we no one we rely so much on our people and um, you know there's no book particularly recently with COVID, about how you get through situations. And I think then you just got to draw on what feels right um, for you. And uh, I just love seeing people grow and and you make a difference to someone. And I've been blessed that I feel like over my journey um, mm. that I've made a difference to a number of different people and that's always really fulfilling. Mm. And some of the words you mentioned I'm, I'm guessing have made a difference um, in terms of what you do, a caring and connection. Keeping that in mind, I just wonder if you can also then talk about some of the changes that you've seen over um, during COVID, during lockdowns, um, in your own team, mm. and I suppose how you've been able to then um, manage, help, you know, keep them engaged, motivated. I'm curious about that. So I think initially 
like all businesses, we were everyone was in the office and connected in many ways. And then when we two years ago, like everyone else, had to pretty much go into lockdown. So to get that set up, I think initially everyone was a bit excited because we hadn't really as an organisation, we had flexible work but not embraced it completely. So I think initially there was a bit of excitement about everyone working from home. I guess as time wore on, it became really evident about that connection piece. And I think the for me, we all go through our own stuff um, and I felt as a leader, how can I share what I'm going through and make it okay? So I, often we... we as a leader, believe that we have all the answers and we don't have all the answers. Mm-hmm. And I think people just want to know that you're real, you're authentic and you don't have all the answers. And what we observed, I guess, over time, and particularly I, I would say in our um, Victoria team, we've got quite a large group of people mm-hmm. who haven't been in the office for a couple of years, that that connection piece and and depression and, and mental health issues really starting to flow through, not just in Victoria, but, you know, the use of our employee assistance program has considerably gone up. Um, the fact that our conversations, many moved from, yes, definitely talking about the business, but about people and how do we support our people? How do we connect in? How do we in our one-on-one conversations, you know, really understand where they're at, how we can support them? Um, so shifting that leader from which they were sort of doing before, but really checking in on their people, but also on themselves, because again, you know, as a leader, we sometimes put ourselves last. But I, I do mm. think that it is about us also role modeling that if we're not great, that's okay too. Mm. And I, I think the journey us was doing a lot more stuff as leaders and podcasts and and programs virtually. But also as an executive team, being a bit more raw about how we were all going and sharing that with all of our employees and what's helped us and what hasn't worked. You know, what's mm-hmm. what have we learnt about ourselves and being really authentic about mm. that has helped as well. Um, and I think that over time we realise that that connection piece is important. It will look different going forward. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be in the office five days a week to be connected. But I think as an organisation we truly believe, you know, you need to be in the office sometimes to to keep that connection, the culture that you've built, that care um, is really important and at doing that at home every single day isn't going to do that. Mm. And is that is that a learning that's come out from having been through so many lockdowns, yeah, both for Victoria, as you mentioned, your team particularly mm. there, that mm. was affected probably much, well, not probably, but definitely much more so than New South Wales. Yeah, it has. I think initially when people first started to go back into the offices, and we've got offices in four states, they were just excited to see each other. Mm. And um, then I guess there's a little bit of apprehension about COVID still Mm. um, and returning. We quickly went to, so well over 12 months ago, moved to a two to three days a week in the office was our preference. So starting a getting people back in and then the new norm for us was nothing to do with COVID. New norm is we'd like you in at least a couple of days a week to connect with your team Mm. and depending on the size of the office, the broader team. So we felt that was a, probably a good, you could have more days in. Um, and if you're really still hesitant, you didn't have to be the two days. But certainly we think that's probably a good number, at least two days, to really come in and, and spend time with your team and your peers. And I, I think it's training and morning teas and celebrations. And to just move away from the, everyone gets so excited when they go in, then they'll go, I can't get anything done because everyone's so mm-hmm. excited to mm-hmm. see each other. I can imagine, And I yeah. think over time they realise the more you do come back in that, 
excitement's there, but it's a different, you can get things done. It's just that mm. people hadn't seen each other. And we've certainly felt there's been a lot of success around that sort of model of, you know, still coming in and most people, once they return, actually do want to come back in and more at least three days, uh, if not more than that. So we've sort of haven't given a limit how many. We've just said we'd like you in a couple of days and that's an important. Mm. So it sounds like it's it's having that, you know, as people men talk about the hybrid model yes. really gives people that balance. Yes. But, you know, to to have people stay at home for five days might, maybe might work eventually, may, might work for some, let's say introverts, but what's your deeper sense about that? I mean. I don't think it will work forever. And I, and I say that because I I still think virtually you just don't connect as well. And you can't pick up the body language. You can't read what's going on. And I think the other challenge is when you've got the team half in and the team, the other half at home, it's even mm. harder again. So if everyone's virtual, it's sort of like an equal um, playing ground. If everyone's in the office, equal. Mm. As soon as you start mixing up, even if it's only one or two of the team at home and the rest in the office, straight away again, there's that... It's a different in how you interact and often the ones who aren't present are the ones that are going to miss out even more because they sort of get a bit forgotten when you've got mm. someone virtually. Um, for me, probably one of the learnings was we've got you know, interstate offices and some of our team are interstate. I think when you look back now in hindsight, pre-COVID was, you know, you have one person interstate and on the phone or on Teams and everyone else in an office, how difficult it must have been for them. And I think there's a new appreciation now mm. for someone who may be remote, have been remote for many years now and yeah. that connection piece in. And you realise that I think to get the most out of a team is that they're together, whether it's virtually and everyone's virtual or together in the office. Mm. But I truly believe that time together when you're a new employee, just turning around, spinning around and asking someone a question. Because the frustration can be if you want to just even ask someone, you, you try to Teams call them or um, yeah. connect with them and they don't answer and then you try someone else. Then you move on to something because you go, oh, well, I haven't got anyone. I'll just forget about that and I'll come back yeah. to it later. So that ability to, and to hear conversations that you just don't hear at home. I mean, that's the thing, you know, it's a whole group and open plan office. I know there's a lot of concern about open plan with COVID, but you hear conversations, you go, oh, I've got the same problem. How did you deal with that? Great. That's my issue as well. So mm -hmm. I think that ability to really communicate and connect and learn is lost when it's just home all of mm. the time. Have you seen, I mean, you're not, are you, um, are the teams going back to work? Have they gone back? Because I know the Sydney office you mentioned before was yeah. being refurbished. And yes. yeah. I'm just curious about what have you noticed with those that have gone back to, you know, half-time or that kind of mixed model, what have you noticed um, in terms of, I don't know, productivity or mental health or, you know, engagement, connection? I would say that on the whole the going back has actually made a um, mental health it was much better. And I say that because really mm. even we've got a couple of other offices in Sydney that were open at the end of last year. So once things started to open up and people were itching to get back, they were sick of being at home. And certainly what it comes down to is some individuals just love being in the office. They work better in the office. And I, I think that's what we've all got to learn. Everyone's different and we can't just label, oh, well, everyone's at home, everyone's in the office. It's finding your thing and what works for you. Mm. But in saying that, that team thing I think is useful to come into the office and I think that's why the hybrid model 
works um, but we've just got to make sure that people do come in sometimes and connect again but we had people itching to come back in and we certainly found once they came in and got through that initial sort of excitement and a bit of apprehension about being close to each other they've loved it and um, certainly at the moment we have basically suggested people work from home until the end of January okay yeah and let's say um, find it much easier to be in the office and we've allowed them to come in and then once the end of January comes we'll start to um, open the offices and allow people to return as they feel but we would really encourage them to start to come back just slowly even a couple of days away mm, mm. and um, you know it's been it's been almost two years I, I suppose since um, um, since it's been two years since the first COVID right um and you it sounds like you've really implemented a lot of i suppose tools and strategies to help keep your teams connected um to listen to what they need what have you like what's been the biggest thing you know and i don't know if we're coming back to the same thing but i'm curious from um from teams in terms of in terms of what they've needed or even managers right because you're working closely with managers Mm -hmm. So first of all, from a leadership perspective, our CEO has been awesome during this time. And for him, I think the care that he has shown is what filters out through the organisation. And so he started weekly uh, sessions called Meet Alex in the Kitchen, which is basically grab your coffee, sit down, and he'll just talk for, you know, 15 to 20 minutes every single week. And that's continued on the whole time. And, and sorry, so, Tim, is this is this with all the people? T- all our employees can ring in, yeah. Wow. So that's, that's awesome. continued on. We did do, um, and what we've found now is people love it. You know, you're not going to get everyone ringing, but mm. each week it's about opportunity to share and to ask questions and do all those things mm. as a connection with the broader audience. We also did um, learning sessions. We allowed our leaders and anyone then could do it to actually do a learning session. So something they wanted to share, whether it was a TED talk and why it was important to them. Um, we've done lots of obviously um, engaged you to do some virtual, um, you know, leadership and podcasts. We've spent a lot of time now and investment in leadership programs, mm. coaching, mentoring programs. So really trying to grow our leaders to then be able to grow their people as well. I don't think that will change going forward. I mean, I, you know, I know a lot of companies invested. We had some investment, but we've really spent the time investing in our leaders um, and that layers below now as well, that investment in our people. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of that being around, you know, that care factor, how do you care for people? And I, I still come back to when you really care and you, you're, um, you, you, I guess, that is the genuine value on what you're doing. There's no, you're not doing it for any other reason except you want to support and care for someone. That comes through mm-hmm. and I think you get it back tenfold in different ways. And certainly we've noticed our employee turnover um, has dramatically um, decreased, which has been mm-hmm. great. Our engagement scores have gone up. So the things we're doing, we've got a way to go, but we're, we're doing the right things, I guess. Um, we live and learn. I mean, I think that's what it comes mm-hmm. down to as well. Where sometimes we'll mm-hmm. do something we didn't get the outcome we wanted, but I think ultimately we, we come back to we don't want to force anyone to do anything they don't want to do and that's been the whole even coming back into the workplace. We don't force people to do something they don't want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, we just generally believe you're going to get better connectivity um, when you get people together. 
Yeah, yeah. It's it's back to that connection and care, isn't it? And they're like basic human needs, right? Yeah. Um, I'm curious about what you've learned about being a leader, mm-hmm. number one, over the last two years. Um, but I know that your leadership goes beyond that. So you can certainly draw on that and then thinking about how you've gone through the last two years, but also you as a person mm. and as a woman. So if I start with as a leader, I guess that you tend to always put on the brave face and that's what you do. You sort of make it about others. And um, I guess for me as a leader, I've actually you know, really used the last couple of years to talk a lot more how I'm feeling and not just to my own team, to the broader business. And so when we've done some of our sessions about what we've learned, I'm the first to say, you know, I hate being on teams and, and the sense of I hate the camera on, I hate looking at myself. I'm so over looking at myself <laughs> every single day. Um, I probably drink more and I've shared that, you know, in the mm. sense of you get into this, some of your bad habits. But I also, I think what I've learned is unless you can be really true and authentic and share what's going on for you, you don't make it okay for others. So I've mm. shared that I've had downtime. I've shared that particularly towards the end of last year, I found the last few months of last year tough. And I think that lock up second time around and we I guess in um, New South Wales hadn't experienced the whole 5k lockup like we um, you know certainly Victoria had previously mm. and being a people person and connecting there's only so much connection we can do virtually mm. and you want to help and you want to oh, I say touch it's that connection and, and really feeling and and that's hard to do when you're just on a teams mm. or virtual all of the time. So I think I learned as a leader to be really true and be okay to share what's going on and be okay that you're going to have some days that you aren't as good and you're not yourself and that's okay to share that too. Um, and it's how do you support and help each other. So for me it's probably I've learned make it real. I think I was before but I would always hesitant, be hesitant to share too much about what was going on uh-huh. for me and I think yeah. I've learned that it's okay to share about what's going on for me because then you make it okay for others to mm. do the same. Um, I think as, um, you know, for me personally, again, the journey, you know, I'm at a stage in my life now when we just started before we, we this conversation was I've just had a birthday and I'm in a really great place in my life. I've, you know, I've got three amazing um, young men and they are young men now. I keep saying they're boys but they're not boys mm. anymore and seeing them go through a journey of COVID and, and I guess that's a different lens as well because you're looking at a whole group of sort of teenagers and, and young people who haven't had that ability to go out and, you know, socialise, travel, do things that we just took for granted, mm. I guess, in many ways and the impact that may have on them um, over time. I guess we're not going to know for a while. But, you know, that whole ability to connect with people and a lot of that is an art and, and how do you make sure they haven't lost that art about mm. connecting and not just being virtual all of the time. But I'm lucky that, you know, I've got um, some some great kids and they're, you know, they've turned out what I believe um, really well in a really great place, great relationship, happy with that. And I just feel like a good place in my life. And I, you know, I do recognise that now when I get down, that's okay. And as I said, I realised that last year and a lot of it was just that, feeling a bit out of control that you couldn't control something and then it was about okay well what can I control um what can I tick off each day so I'd moved to a feeling like I could get nothing done I wasn't focused Mm -hmm. I wasn't being everything just was the same and 
um, to, okay, let's set myself little goals and, and feel good at the end of the day about achieving stuff rather than, oh, I never get anything done. So as much as I sometimes think, oh, I've learned a lot about myself, I know most of it, then you go, actually, there's so much you don't know about yourself. Yeah. And that in itself is a great thing as yeah, well, to absolutely. know that you keep learning all the time. Yeah. And I think that the, probably the number one thing I've learned is be kind to myself and, uh, you know, I'm so hard, like most of us are, and I think yeah. females more so are hard on themselves and they put themselves second. Um, and I've probably over the last couple of years I've really started to, trying to get better, mm. not perfect, to make me a priority as well. And um, and luckily in the stage of my life, like personally and at work, you know, I'm, I'm doing that more. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for sharing that. I mean, there's there's so much that I'd, I'd love to unpack there, but <laughs> I almost just want to keep that nice and tight because I'm certain that a lot of women would resonate with the with particularly the last point that you were sharing, really being kind to ourselves mm-hmm. and kind, like that's a real heartfelt word, kind around anything that we're doing in our day to day. Um, and the, the more I would say, the more that we're encouraging each other and not just women, but certainly men. Yeah. But women have struggled with that historically. It, it goes back to what you were saying that we actually give others permission to be who they are more. Mm. Um, and so, you know, as I reflect on our conversation we've had so far, to me, it sounds that, you know, that you have this incredible opportunity and you have for a long time and you've used that to really encourage people to be who they are, to draw that out of them through your own connection, through your own, sorry, um, care and, and empathy. And in doing so, help them to see, I suppose, their own potential and what they're capable of. Mm. And what better thing there is to do than, than that, to know that you've made a difference in that way. But to me, that's such a beautiful definition of being a leader, you know. So on that note, (laughs) um, where do you see yourself in, I don't know, 10 years? That's a hard one. Or eight, Uh, something. Yeah, Yeah. I do. It's a difficult one. What I do see is that people will always be an important part of my life. And, you know, whether I'm out of corporate by then, and there's probably a good chance that would be the case, but I know I'd always have to connect somehow with people. And it goes back to what you were saying before. For me, it's how do I, I look and how do I add value and I get the most when I see I've made a difference to someone. Mm-hmm. And you can make a difference through so many different ways. Um, hopefully uh, semi-retired by then mm-hmm. and travelling lots. And, um, you know, I'd, I've, talked about wanting to live in Melbourne for a little bit of time and uh, I'd like to do that more so sooner rather than later and experience that, not to live there forever, but it's something that I want to do. Um, yeah, definitely travel and travel overseas and got some holidays planned around that, which is um, really exciting. And um, I guess, as I said, I'm in a great spot. I'm in a lovely relationship and I look forward to that we um, both have children who are adults and I think we've done a great job Uh, separately, um, you know, parenting Mm. our own children and we can now enjoy our lives and know that, um, you know, it's our time in life and Mm. I think that, you know, things happen for a reason and so I I truly think that it will be a mixture of giving back and and doing a role where or roles where I connect with people but also just enjoying life and Mm. I, I am a person, you know, I love life and I love being with, I say 
with people, but I just get energy from that and that's yeah. the thing. So that's what keeps me going. That mm. energy keeps me going and, you know, I'm, I am, I say I'm blessed and I am blessed. I've got so many beautiful friends and I've got a beautiful family. I, I, I truly feel blessed and I'm in a, such a great spot in my life and I, you know, and I have for many years, you know, we all have stuff but mm. it feels like all of that now has come together and it's meant to be where I'm at and uh, where I'm going and so that's been great. But I don't yeah. have any particular picture except I just want to love life, make the most of life. I've always done that and keep doing that and um, but certainly travel more and see the world more and um, just enjoy doing yeah, just do different things. I love that. Uh, thank you, Kerry. I, I, feel, I just feel that, you know, zest and, and passion for life in you, but it's who you are since, you know, I first met you and worked <laughs> with you and collaborated and certainly seeing your incredible care um, and it's really touching for people because um, it, it's it, there's no meaning in it for you if you're not if you're not really connected to that part of you. So, um, Kerry, thank you so much for sharing that. I hope that this really um, inspires others in their leadership or just, you know, in their own life, um, particularly with, with what you shared, to be just to be kind to ourselves. Um, I don't know, any last words? <laughs> no, not really. I mean, anything comes up, it's never going to be as bad as you think. And I think, you know, every time you hesitate doing something and I did that many times for many big decisions in my life and you sort of think so much about it and then when you finally do it and mm. you know, it's never as bad as you think and I think that's a, a for me a big lesson in itself you know you no one wants to hurt anyone no one wants to upset people or do you know do I guess the wrong thing but ultimately when you truly go okay I need to do this and you've prepared whether it's changing jobs changing where you live, marriages, divorces, for all sorts of things. It's, I guess it's never as bad. And, and when you look back at the time, it feels it, but it's never as bad. And I think that's the thing. It's that courage. And mm. I think we all need courage at times to do things. So for me, courage to do something, courage to do something different and yeah. uh, get on with life and be happy because you, we only have one life and that's mm. the thing. And so, you know, I look and I just want to enjoy every day. So, you know, it's that courage to do that. Um, I say to anyone that's in a situation where they, you know, just take that last step, you can do it and you'll look back and it is never in my mind as bad as you ever mm. thought it was going to be. Mm. What, an, what an amazing place to leave this empowered conversation. Kerry, thank you so much. Thanks, Susie. Thank you for listening to Susie Petrozzi's Empowered Conversations. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe. Leaving a review helps others find the podcast. And for more information, visit susiepetrozzi.com.